Thanks for tuning in today, and welcome to Spirit Wisdom, a podcast for joyful living. Your host is Joe Love, a spiritual teacher, intuitive mentor, and author. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I want to start off today by talking about how to make spirit a part of your daily life. You know, and in order to do this, you have to change your vocabulary. Instead of the using the term spiritual, replace it with the word spirited. You know, spiritual is a word we hear a lot. We often hear people say, I'm spiritual or I'm a spiritual person. But being spiritual is just a thought. It's a set of ideas. Whereas if you are spirited, the spirit is in you, which is the sacred and holy in you. It's embodied in you. And it's a way of interacting with life as a holy being. Rather than it being like an elevated state that you have to attain or you can get to if you just get things right. So the way to tell the difference between someone who is spiritual and someone who is spirited is the person who is spiritual has no light in their eyes because the spirit has left the body. There's no smile. And there's a way to call your spirit home very quickly. And today, I want to give you some ways to call your spirit home. And the first of which is the most effective, but also it can be met with the most resistance from the ego. And that is to dance. And I don't mean shuffle your body like dead weight on a floor. I mean surrender into the music that allows a deeper part of you to wake up and move you. And when you dance, really surrender to dance. The spirit moves you. You know, I've worked with clients over the years that have had physical injuries and suffered from depression and start and they started to dance and they tell me it actually helped relieve their condition. And that is because your spirit comes into the body, takes over and heals the body. And I tell people to face the resistance and try it because they're not resisting me, they're resisting their own holy self by not trying it. Now, dance does involve a surrender to control, to connect with your sacred self. Your ego has to give up control. So dance is an immediate way to bring spirit back into your body. And a second way to bring spirit back into your body is to sing. You know, frankly, we've had a lot of shame from society around both of those things. You know, criticism from other people that, may, that say we can't dance or we look funny doing it. Uh, we're making a fool of ourselves, And it's even more so with our voice because when you sing, you feel your heart open. Your voice comes up from your heart, but you've been shamed. A lot of, a lot of us have been shamed and you've had your voice taken away and you're singing from your head and that's your ego and that is fear. Now your ego controls the borders, trying to figure out who I have to, who I have to please, I have to please everyone uh, and to be safe and there's a disconnect from your true self because we're all born to sing and dance. The key is you have to detach from the outcome. You can't say, I have to dance well or I have to sing well. You have to say, I sing my way, I dance my way, and it's good because it's me. You know, I was working with a client recently who had uh, you know, recently retired, and he'd been a very successful entrepreneur, had owned several very successful businesses, and he was feeling down and depressed. You know, retirement was just not agreeing with him. And I told him, 
I could feel in our reading that the Spirit had left his body. And what he needed to do was make a playlist of his favorite songs and sing and dance and then see what happens. You know, I talked to him a few days ago and he told me that he had really resisted my advice, but eventually he tried it. And he was amazed at how much better he felt. So singing and dancing is an invitation to change the channel and bring, back to, bring you back to source, which is what our sacred self is. And you know, singing and dancing also lowers you know, the level of you know, anxiety. It lowers the tension. You know, a lot of the um, indigenous cultures, the shamans, uh, whenever there's a conflict in their tribe, they will go and sing and dance. And you know, there's a lot of uh, indigenous and, and shaman tribe that have really no history of violence because when there's a problem, they sing and they dance and, and, and they release it, release that energy. So there isn't any conflict. So another way to bring spirit back into your body is to take three minutes first thing in the morning and do a deep breathing meditation. You can sit, do it silently or put on some meditation music. Just breathe deeply in through the nose, out through the mouth and let out the sound. Ah, after each exhale. You know, by doing this the first thing in the morning, what you're doing is you're flooding your body with oxygen, which is the Holy Spirit. And you're also breaking up those brain patterns that keep you stuck and fearful if, for the day ahead. Now, once you start this practice, you will feel so good starting out your day that it will become automatic for you every morning. It's how you always want to start your day off. And so many of my clients tell me after their three-minute breathing meditation that they laugh. And this is because they're back home. You're connected with your spirit and you start the day. Spirit is back in your body. And at first, the ego is going to resist you doing this, telling you that now you have to rush. You have to get ready for work. Um, you have to get your coffee, get something to eat and get ready for the day. That's the most important thing. But those are just thoughts. And our thoughts can be our worst enemy. They tell us things that aren't true. And when we breathe deeply for three minutes, it frees our solar plexus. It's, it's where our sun shines in our body. When you're not trying to please others, we are back in our body just pleasing ourselves, and that's where we want to be. So I just want to remind everyone listening that if we want a different experience, we have to do something different. You know, these practices I'm giving you are simple. They're not heady. They're not difficult. They're just different. So I invite you to try deep breathing for three minutes starting tomorrow and see how you feel. You know, I'm often asked, how is it that we get so disconnected from our spirit? And the reason we've gotten so disconnected from our spirit is because we're used to living in what I call the age of reason, where we start to value information and rational thinking over our feeling body. And this has become an amplified standard of what is intelligent, what is allowed, and it's what we aspire to if we're going to be considered acceptable in society. You know, I often use, I love this example, I often use the example of the fairy tale, The Emperor's New Clothes. And it goes like this if you've never heard it. The emperor was told, you know, these are the clothes you need to wear. If, you're, if you wear these clothes, it's a sign that you're really intelligent and only the people only people that are most special can see them. So he went on his parade naked. And the people in the crowd were saying, 
what do you think of the emperor's new clothes? I think the emperor looks fabulous. I love the clothes. I love the colors. And there was this little boy in the parade that said, he's naked. And everyone in the crowd gasped. And they looked at the emperor and then looked at the little boy and one another. And the parade just kept going on. And that's what the intellect, the ego is doing. It keeps going on. So we have to say, look, we are denying what we're really seeing. We are denying what we are really feeling. We are denying what we're really seeing. And, you know, we are not happy or joyful. We're just going along with the parade. And we have to remember to be like the little boy in the fairy tale and say, wait a minute. My experience is not what you told me it would be. You know, an, another important point I want to make today, if you want to live a sacred life, it's not possible to do it without courage. And I love the fact that the word courage comes from the French word cur, which means heart. So to be courageous, a courageous person means that you choose to live from the experience of what your heart tells you, not what your intellect or other people tell you. This is a little boy in the fairy tale saying, the emperor is naked. The heart is the music maker of the body. It's a drumbeat. And our heart is what makes everything in our life works. And the drumming is a sacred practice. And you don't need a drum, drumsticks to do it. You can simply put some music on, get a couple pencils and a drum along with the music and let the artist and musician and you come out. And these are easy, easy things to do and frankly, they are natural things to do. You know, we've all sung, danced at some point in our life. And, you know, I don't know of any infant under the age of two that hasn't banged pots and pans together that has experienced that in their life with a spoon and the pots and the pans. It's our spontaneous self, the heart-based spontaneous self. That's our sacred spirit. It's not ideas, it's a light. And when you dance really hard and you sing really hard at the end, you laugh. And I see this all the time in my workshops. I have students dance and at the end they laugh. And laughter is God's voice coming through you. Now I want to give you another exercise. I think uh, it will help you call, call your spirit back home in your body. And complete what you do is you complete the flowing sentence three times. I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of. Now take a deep breath and say one, say one thing that you see right in front of you. Now take another deep breath and let out the sound, ah, with your exhale. Now answer these questions three times. I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of, taking a deep breath and say out loud one specific thing you're looking at right in front of you. Now what this exercise does is it brings you right to the present moment. So let's do this one more time. I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of, 
Now breathe in and exhale out to the sound of ah. My spirit says, and my spirit says, and my spirit says. Now the last question is what my spirit says true. Breathe, letting out the sound, ah. Now in order to, for this exercise to work, you have to say it out loud because what you're doing here is you're opening the throat chakra and clearing the fear. You have, you have to breathe after, you know, after answering every third question. You have to look at one specific physical thing in front of you and name it. And this brings you right to the present moment because remember, there's no fear at the present moment. Fear exists in what has happened and what might happen in the future, not what's going on right now. You feel it and your spirit answers. So you're, you're not listening to anyone. You're just experiencing and noticing. That's why you ask, is it true? Because the spirit is truth and you feel it. It's not a thought, you feel it. You know, and this is such a great tool. I use it whenever I'm having doubts, feeling anxious, it clears it right up. And it's such a simple practice. And I really recommend that you do this exercise for at least two days. And if you do this regularly, pretty soon you'll find that there is nothing to fear because fear is just thoughts occupying your energy field and they are just thought forms that drain you. You know, to live a sacred and holy life it's a way of life. It's not things that you do in between your life. It's a way of being in life. You choose to surrender to your own goodness. You say, I'm choosing. I'm not hoping. I'm choosing to acknowledge that God breathes life into me, that I am a holy being. If the breath of life is in me, that's holiness. And I'm not going to argue with that. You know, we lose our sacred connection to shame. And shame is like a virus. It travels around and there's nothing behind it. It's just like a thought gone wild and we get infected with it. But it can only infect you if you hide your fear. If you name it, it dissolves. It's not fear that stops you, it's hiding it that does. Because our ego is fear is a fear-based entity. So it's always going to be there. So we don't have to get over our fear we just have to change the channel. And if that fear is always going to be on the ego channel, that's the ego channel. But if, the, but if we go to the heart channel, we go to a different place. And your spirit says, you've changed the channel. Let me give you another simple tool that will help. You know, I suggest this to my clients and students to name your spirit. Because when you do this, you actually naming that part of you, that's a sacred and holy. And then you have your ego talk to that part of you and set it up that your spirit guide is a teacher and your ego is a student. And it works. You can, you can name your spirit guide if you want. And if you don't want to you know your spirit guide's name, then make a name up. If you, don't, if you don't make the name of your spirit guide too spiritual, that's important. Or a holy name, it's just in your head. It'll fake you out. You know, Einstein used to say, that the human spirit is our sacred gift. 
and the rational mind is the faithful servant. But sadly, what's happened is we've thrown away the gift and we've become enslaved to the servant. But when you give that sacred part of you a name, it transcends your ego identity and your ego identity can be a faithful servant. So by doing this, you're, you're not attacking the ego, you're just seeing it as the student. And let me give you one more tool. Think of your ego as your pet dog. And you don't shoot the dog, you train the dog. When your ego is giving you trouble, it's, uh, it's just your barking dog. When you, you know, what you need to do is take your dog for a run. When you walk or run or play, your ego quiets down. And then you have, then you have fun with it. And you have to move that nervous and anxious energy. And that's what dancing does. And for example, part of your ego, you know, is our personality. We all have one. So ask yourself, what kind of dog is my ego? Is it a poodle? Is it a mutt? Is it a pit bull? And then name your dog. What this does is it allows you to have a good relationship with your ego, but your ego doesn't control you. Don't think of it. Don't, you know, don't walk on it. That's, you know, why we, you need to take your dog for a walk because it calms it down. The key is move the energy, move the anxiety, get rid of that drama. So when my ego, my barking dog acts up, I say, you need to go, you need to go play a little bit. And that calms my ego down. And then my sacred self says, I'm not going to make you wrong. I need to understand you so that you can be my faithful servant. So when you do this, you'll find it solves a lot of problems very simply. And these tools work. I really invite you and recommend that you try them. You know, they'll connect you to your spirit. And when you're connected to your spirit, you'll smile. It pulls the curtains back on our heart and our whole face and body lights up. And don't make these tools something that you have to do. Make them something simple and fun. Just be aware that people, you know, are going to criticize you, you know, because it's about control. Don't be part of that. Never take it personally. It's not about you. It's about them. They are scared. You know, everyone eventually comes back to this place when, you know, where we come from. You know, we come in singing and dancing and trusting ourselves. And then we lose that at some point. But it eventually comes back. You might get a reaction from someone, but it doesn't matter. Don't judge them. Their barking dog probably got all worked up. Just keep breathing and carry on. You know, if we can just consider just that as an option, it will help us out a lot. We come back home to our spirit. You know, it may not be comfortable in the moment, but let it end there. Don't retaliate. Never retaliate. It's important that when we're in an unpleasant experience or one arises with someone, don't deny it. Acknowledge it. And that's enough. It's okay to acknowledge that. I, you know, I just say, for example, I had an experience that didn't feel good, but I don't have to make it more than that. You know, it's not anyone's agenda, you know, that I have to get to, or, you know, I have to get them, or they're going to get me. That's the dogfight. That's not where you want to be. It takes practice, but I really feel at the root of all of this is to develop your sense of humor. You know, the word amuse uh, comes, you know, it means to call in the muses to call in the spiritual elements that capture our imagination and strengthen our creativity and our sense of connection, which is what makes us laugh. You know, our sense of humor is a garden. We have to water it. 
it's it's gonna and when we do that it's gonna flourish our sense of humor definitely needs to be cultivated though having a sense of humor is one of the best ways we have to connect to the divine we have to be able to see ourselves as with a, a affectionate compassion and yes you're gonna get embarrassed yes you're gonna step in it yes you're uh, going to make mistakes you know it, it's gonna to happen to all of us and that's okay it doesn't take away one bit of your sacred being you're just on a human journey a spiritual being having a human journey a human experience and that sacred part can never be diminished by anything not anything you know our minds like to judge and we certainly have going on in our minds a lot and we have to keep that human experience going but in spirit nothing diminishes and that's the important point to remember that's a big one we're all connected and this is something that most people don't understand and don't want to face people want to run out and save the world save the planet but we can't do that until and unless we heal and forgive ourselves first and that's a real path forgiveness but it can't be an intellectual process we have to reconnect with those these tools that give us that taste that energy of, of what we really are of who we are, really are and then forgiveness comes you know I'm not knocking religion in any way but we've been taught over the centuries that we have to pray for suffering and pray for forgiveness uh, to have our sins forgiven and that it has to be you know they have to be uplifted to a false God I don't know of any religion teaches that you can laugh your way into healing but it's true and you know, that's a patriarchal teaching that father knows best and he is outside of you and he doesn't like you very much and I'm his messenger and so I get to judge and punish you you know you have to confess your sins fortunately you know that's all falling apart today today people are looking for a way to have a direct experience with the divine without an intermediary like a priest or a minister or another member of the clergy when people dance in a group and really lose themselves in dance it takes you out of your ego and connects you with your spirit and you know there's a you know in, in, as I mentioned to you before in the indigenous cultures the shamans um, you know when they have a conflict they sing and they dance and they have very little history if any of any conflicts or any, uh, any, any anything like that in their tribes you know when you're in your ego you're in your mind your intellect people are you know other but when you're in your spirit it is just us it was in Jesus taught that the spirit in us is the only power we are we all share it you know we all have to just loosen up not wait for circumstances to justify loosening up just loosen up and become light for no reason whatsoever you know oftentimes in life things happen to us for no reason and we and we you know can't understand why these things happen to us and you know I tell my clients that when these things happen to us and we don't understand it's because you're being asked to make an extraordinary act of courage and that is why putting this in you know why is this putting me into a particular circumstances and once we're able to rise above it with eagle wings we heal and shed the past and we learn to navigate through it those dark and hiding places in our soul journey and we begin to understand that no matter what situation we are in 
it is in some way it has been divinely arranged. Not by any mistake that we've made, but because that is where we need to be at this particular moment. Not only to learn a valuable lesson, but to also make a valuable difference. So that's my message for today. Thanks for listening. All my love. And I'll see you next week. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Download any of Joe's weekly podcasts to your favorite device. If you have questions, comments, or would like more information on how to reawaken the voice of your spirit, visit joeloveiw.com.